0: Hi, and welcome back to the Alexa podcast for November 2017, Episode 7. My name is Bradley Matrock. I'm CEO of a company called Score Publishing, based here in Nashville, Tennessee. My co-host is Kevin Old. Kevin, say hello. Hello,
1: Bradley. Great to be back.
0: Yeah, great to be back with you as well, Kevin. Looking forward to when We have a great guest today as well. We'll get into that in just a second. But I want to give a shout out to our sponsor for Voice First FM, Voice XP. Voice XP is taking the lead in developing Alexa skills for some of the best brands in the world. With Voice XP, all you have to do is say it to revolutionize your marketing strategy. Check them out at voicexp.com and look up Bob Stolzberg. He's doing great work in voice. If you need an Alexa skill or a Google Action, go see them. You'll be glad that you did. Our guest today is Amy Stapleton. Amy, say hello. Hi, everybody. Amy, thank you very, very much for joining us.
2: Oh, you're welcome. I'm really looking forward to the uh, conversation. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. So Amy is the CEO and founder of Tellables, and she'll tell us what uh, that is in just a moment, but she will also be joining us as a speaker and guest panelist at the Alexa conference coming up in January, which is January 18th through the 20th in Chattanooga, Tennessee. If you are not registered, this is going to be a voice-first event not to be missed, get information on that at www.alexaconference.com. Amy, share with us, just to start off, what is Tellables?
2: Tellables is a company that I started with my uh, co-founder, Corey Baswell, and we are creating what we're calling interactive story games for voice assistants. So those are um, short, Engaging little stories that are actually told in the voice assistant's own voice using text to speech and we're we're trying to make them um, interactive using kind of new interaction models that we're inventing.
0: How did you get into the voice space? Share with us some of your background and what led you to the point of wanting to start tellables and seeing that as an opportunity
2: Sure, so I am. Um, my last job, I worked at NASA actually for 14 years as a consultant helping them with implementing uh, ERP systems, and then I transitioned um, as a civil servant to be an IT manager for their enterprise applications, but I've always been interested in um, conversational technologies, and so as I came up to a, a place in my career where I knew I I'd be able to retire early, I started looking more and more into how I can get involved with voice technologies, conversational bots, that kind of thing. And I was at a conference, I think it was in, um, 2013. And I believe it was, uh, Lior Grebler. I think you've had Lior on your show before, right?
0: Yes. Yes, we have.
2: Yeah. So I saw him and I'm pretty sure he was doing, um, like a demo of their, their Ubi product. And I just immediately thought, you know, there's going to be all these voice assistants, and again, you know, I mean, it was very early on, so we didn't know exactly what they were going to look like, but there's going to be voice assistants, there's also going to be these conversational um, companion bots, and I really thought that they were going to need stories to tell, it just kind of seemed like a great opportunity, I think I've always been interested in storytelling, and I thought these, you know, these characters, these personalities are going to need stories, and so... I thought that might be kind of a cool thing to experiment with, and and uh, you know just try to see how that was going to work. So that was that was the concept early on, and and um, Leor actually gave Corey and I like one of the early prototypes of the U B, and we we started to create some little stories, but there were some technical challenges because at the time you could only broadcast, I think like sixty seconds of text-to-speech before there had to be a customer interaction. So, you know, it wasn't really conducive for storytelling.
0: Leor is great. Uh, Yes, we did have him on uh, the Voice First Roundtable uh, for an episode uh, a few months ago, and just a fascinating individual who also will be joining us as a uh, uh, panelist uh, as part of the Alexa conference, I might add. But, uh, Amy, both of us sort of have a mind for how voice technology will impact publishing and telling stories and tell and, um, sharing narratives, um, in the future. And my question for you is with what you're doing with tellables in these stories, these interactive, um, experiences you're creating, how are you looking to measure success, uh, with those? And how are you, uh, either now or into the future looking to monetize that?
2: Well, I think the only way to really measure success for us right now is how, um, you know, how often our, our voice apps, our, our skills get get accessed and, and how often they get used. And then obviously, too, if they're repeat customers, so we try to look at those analytics. I mean, just to kind of step back a little bit, what we're trying to do is perhaps a little bit different than what some of the other storytelling, interactive storytelling companies are are focusing on I mean I kind of have this vision of the voice assistant and or the companion robot whatever you know whatever these, these things are going to involve evolve into um, my vision is that they will tell stories in their own voices so what we're trying to do or what we decided to do we kind of went down the path of using text-to-speech as opposed to human narration and I think if you're a storytelling company, that's kind of the first decision you have to make, you know, are you going to use text to speech or are you going to use human, human narration? So audible, you know, audible.com is very popular and it works well also on a voice assistant platform, but it's a different experience than what we're thinking about trying to provide. So we're actually trying to create stories that the character can tell in their own voice but, you know, obviously then you run into the current constraints of text-to-speech. But that's that's kind of a different, I think, a different tactic than other companies are taking.
0: So you're going to have, as Tellables grows, different authors or d- different content creators, um, different opportunities to tell different stories. And if you're choosing between story A and story B um, to devote Tellables resources to, walk us through how you make that decision.
2: Yeah, I mean it's tough right now because we're we're so early what we're trying to do is invent interaction models that are that are fun and engaging. And it's really hard to figure out how to do that because we don't really have access to the audience, I mean for 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 trial purposes. So as an example, you know, we we created our first um, storytelling voice app for the Alexa platform which was uh, at the time and I think it's still called listening comprehension practice and that's that's kind of kind of a strange name but the reason is is because we we started out with just a simple storytelling skill we got some feedback from Amazon this was early 2016 that it wasn't interactive enough and so we added some comprehension questions to the end of it so that the child could hear the story and then then respond to the questions. But that interaction model, just based on how often that skill was used, we kind of got the sense that, well, maybe that interaction model is not that engaging, right? I mean, um, something like a magic door, which is kind of a choose your own adventure, that seemed to be a more engaging model because you could just see a lot more people were using it and they were going back to it. So we were like, okay, well, what's an interaction model that might work better? And I really didn't want to do a classical, choose your own adventure story, I wanted to do something different. So we came up with the uh, with the concept of Tricky Genie, which has been pretty successful, and it seems to resonate. And it's kind of a different interaction model. It's more of a problem solving type of um, story experience. So I I think what I'm looking for is these interactive interaction models that are going to work. But right now, it's more like just throwing stuff against the wall to see what people use and what they don't use. And it's kind of hard right now because there's not that many other people that you can talk to about this kind of thing because it's so new. You know, I mean if you if you talk to people that are storytellers, they don't really have a sense for this new platform and so you can't really engage them in a meaningful conversation about, you know, interaction models for voice assistants. You know what I'm saying?
0: I do. I do. And uh it, and that's uh it's funny you would say that because um <clears throat> as you know, we just acquired the digital book world business in that, uh, which is centered around this big annual conference. And um, one of the things that we made very uh, clear is that we're going to involve voice technology uh, and what we call voice first technology in that conference moving forward, because how could it not be? Um, Anybody publishing any type of content um, has to be aware of voice assistance and what they can and cannot do. It has to be aware of the shifting uh, way that we're using computers um, to a more voice centric, you know, voice first uh, approach. And um, when you have the, that type of conversation, you know, just in, in this example with someone in the publishing uh, industry who's been in the publishing industry for 30 years, there's a lot of groundwork you have to lay first before you can even get to the point of having a conversation on that. And, uh, it's just, people don't see the future yet. Like I know that you do. And so it's interesting to hear you talk about how you're experimenting with different interaction models and you're just sort of, um, yourself laying the groundwork for what's to come with your business, um, is what it sounds like. I hear you saying.
2: Yeah. I mean, like- to me, it's 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 exciting to try to come up with a different way for someone to engage both with a a character or a personality, a virtual personality, something like, you know, your um, your voice assistant device. So Alexa, in a way, is a personality. But when you're engaging with with that personality, also engaging with an author that has created an interesting story or um, an imaginative world. So, I, I think. A lot of people are um gravitating towards, you know, podcasts and, and listening to audio content. Now, how do you take that desire for for an audio experience and then turn it into a kind of interactive, quicker, more engaging experience that you can have with a voice assistant? That that's what I'm trying to figure out. I haven't really cracked the nut on that yet, but I, I imagine, you know, a future where you're interacting a lot with your voice assistant. You want to hear something interesting and you have a favorite author and there is a quick interactive type of experience that you can have with Alexa or whatever the voice assistant is that is provided by that author. So you're immersed in the the, the world of that character and it may be kind of a choose your own adventure thing. It may be something a little bit different, but still it's um, it's, it's a it's a fun, concise, engaging experience. And it makes you want to read something by that author, you know, later. So it kind of, it's a, it's a gateway into other types of medium that were created by, by that author.
0: I I am right there on the same page and I think about it. My framework is the um, sort of the DVD, bonus features. I I always think about DVDs and bonus features and how, uh, you know, you can go watch the movie. If you're going to watch a movie, you can go watch it in the theater and that has certain attributes, pros and cons to it. Um, Or you can wait until it comes out and you can uh, rent it uh, on demand. Okay. So that's got certain attributes. Or you can buy the DVD, and the and the reason to do that is you know one of the reasons is the bonus features. It has additional, it has an entirely additional layer of content. And while that's not a precise example uh, or framework by any stretch for what we're talking about with voice, it's a good starting point. What additional functionality or feature set does voice need to bring to the table for authors in fiction or nonfiction to justify? Um, either an existing price tier or a premium price tier above uh, what that book is, you know, say in soft cover print um, or just the straight up audiobook version. If I can buy a version of, you know, the Harry Potter reboot that's uh, released in 25 years, um, you know, I, I can get the audiobook version for five bucks or for ten bucks, I can get it. Um, with all sorts of uh, maybe some behind-the-scenes interview audio that's in there, and then maybe some interactive elements where uh, maybe there's a glossary and I can ask Alexa at any point uh, what one of the words means or to jump to certain thing or tell me about this character i forgot who that was all of that uh, yeah i'm i'm very interested in that as well and uh i'm glad to hear that there there is it's nice to have somebody else who we can have a conversation with amy because you're right there's not that many uh of us out there thinking about this
1: yeah absolutely um amy I'm, i'm fascinated uh in this um this space as well because i think that we're all you know trying to find that next level of where we can take the resources we have like books and stories, uh, reference material, those kinds of things, and then add that, get that value add where there's a, a piece of technology that can um, offer us uh, more insight into whatever it is we're we're uh, reading or um, working with. Um, I want to know from your perspective: Do you think with the platforms that have been developed by Amazon and Google uh, primarily so far? Uh, do you think that we have all the technology we need to develop what you envision, or do you think there are holes that are um, left? And what are those? What's left to develop, if anything?
2: Well, the biggest missing piece right now is just the the maturity of the, the text to speech. I mean, again, I don't know whether that's something that, that everybody envisions the way, I, the way I envision it. I, I really want the, the the interactive experience to be between the person and the the personality, so I, that, that's why I'm relying on the text to speech. You know, Amazon is really doing a lot of cool things with that, and and Corey and I are going back to our skills, and we're trying to leverage some of the capabilities with the uh, the speech markup language and some and um the speech cons that Amazon has recently brought out that add a lot more dimension to her voice. So if we can do that and then even um, find a way to like easily layer the the dynamically generated text to speech with with sound effects and background music, that would be perfect. Because what we want to do is create a real storytelling experience. But again, with Alexa or, you know, the Google Assistant talking in their own voice. I mean, one of the um, challenges with being a third-party developer with a Google Assistant is right now they don't even let you utilize the real Google Assistant voice. You have to use a different voice and those text to speech voices are not nearly as good as the the one that you hear if you're in if you interact with the, you know, first first party skills on the Google Assistant. So that's kind of frustrating. Whereas if you're, you know, if you develop for for the Alexa platform, you can you can leverage the Alexa voice as well as all of the speech cons and all that kind of thing. So that makes it easier to create a better storytelling experience. So that you know, that that mundane type of thing right now with just text to speech limitations, that's the biggest hurdle that I think we're facing right now because a listener that has the choice between listening to one of our stories told, told in the assistant's voice versus a story that's human narrated, they're probably going to pick the human narrated story. But again, that, you know, that's just not the, that's not the experience that we're, that we're, that we're going for.
1: Certainly. So, um, it's interesting that you mentioned layering. Uh, so like the, the assistant voice and then sound effects, um, behind that. I can see that being an application for what you're envisioning. I agree with you in that I see the scalability uh, as the biggest factor in wanting to go the route that you're going versus using a human voice. Um, And I think that, um, you know, most businesses from that perspective uh, with print, you know, if they're able to take their print offerings and Run them through some automated um, process, you know, and software to be able to provide a, a voice experience versus recording, uh, in studio with a human and editors, etc. You know, the the cost perspective is is drastically different. Was that is that a motivator for you and your team?
2: Yeah, I mean, I I, I would you know, not be telling the truth if I said that wasn't a motivating factor too. I mean, you know, we have a content database that I can just add story after story after story. In, and and that way, you know, people that listen to our skills have a lot more content at their disposal. But that wouldn't be possible if I had to have, you know, human voiceover actors record every single thing. So that, that definitely plays into it. Um, but I, I still think the number one kind of hunch that I'm working towards is that people are going to want to engage directly with the personality. So it, what, what we're doing is different than, let's say, if you're, you know, if you're try, trying to create a voice skill for a for a brand. I mean, I can understand that if you're a brand, you would want to have your own specific voice. But if you want to have a fun, engaging experience with Alexa, you, you know, I, I think you want to hear her talk you through the story or work through the game or whatever in in, in her voice.
1: Yeah, I do completely agree. Um, I've mentioned a couple of times on the, the show that I have uh, a six year old boy and um, he loves to interact with Alexa to have it play a, a song for him or do something or tell him a piece of information. And I can see this storytelling aspect as more of a, um, you know, a, a supplement to not only us reading as a family, but for him to be able to, um, you know, re- read a book which he's learning to read now, and he can do so quite accurately. But you know, the, these interactive um, devices could help him with a word if we're um, not available for that moment, uh, or if uh, he wants to know who this character is or some more information. So I think these, um, you know, being able to take stories and then chop them up into ways that we can get additional information out of them uh, is is incredibly valuable so with working with these platforms with uh, uh, amazon and google what challenges could you name maybe one or two challenges for uh, either platform that that you've run into and specifically around developing a voice user interface which in software is a is a new thing i know i develop uis for web and mobile and when i started learning about voice uh, user interfaces. Um, I I had a lot of learning to do and a lot of iterations.
2: Yeah, I think this kind of goes back to what you know I was talking to Bradley about at the beginning. Is um, how do you invent an interaction model that that's that's going to be interesting? If if you have the character tell a story, then what's a way to get the to get the listener involved in the story, in and in such a way that you know you're dealing with all the constraints of the platform, so I, I can't I can't start telling a story and then ask the, you know let's say if it's a, a child focused story, ask the child how do you feel about this particular character or what do you think is going to happen next. There there are certain prompts that I that I can provide, but then the prompt has to be constrained to a certain extent so that I you know I, I can program the the pathway. So that's that's the challenge is how do you come up with these interactive story games that are Engaging they're not boring, um, but they still follow like a constrained path and I mean I think you know with the tricky genie skill we came up with that that sort of works, but that's just that's just one interaction model you know the challenge there too is what happens if the person goes off script with with tricky genie they they have to pick between three sacks that the genie is offering to find the best solution, but then again they might not say the right number or whatever. So you have to, you know, program in all the, all the things to kind of keep them back, um, back on track to where it is you you want, you want to go within that, within that story experience. Uh,
1: I want to talk a little bit about the technology. If you could, uh, what are you um, currently uh, deployed with? Are, Are you, for Amazon, are you using all of their infrastructure offerings with Google? What are you using there?
2: Yeah, so Corey's the, the the technical guy and I and I know that um I, I would say that we're we're not taking advantage of some of the later tool latest tools that, that Amazon has um developed. I know that I've been on several of their their podcasts where they have done some programming using um I think it's called like the skill builder tool, which is still in beta, but it's basically almost a you know a, a visual type of skill builder and Corey has developed everything in, in Java just kind of on the back end it's in Java because he has all of exper- his experience in that so he does all the business rules and everything in in, uh, in Java and we we've done the same thing for the the Google assistant deployment so that's that's the way he's worked it and he's built um, a separate content management system specifically for me to keep the the, the basic, rules-based programming separate from the content, so I'm able to just log into my CMS and put all the stories in there, and then, um, you know, there's, there's no, no requirement to resubmit the skill every time I, I create a new story.
1: Awesome, um, so you, you've developed a bit of your, your own rule engine to kind of help with the story flow, is that, is that correct?
2: Yeah, yeah, and he's, um we, we actually, um, Amazon did a case study on us a few weeks back and we published a diagram in that case study, which is available on the developer's blog, the uh, the Alexa developer blog, and it, it shows sort of like this, the content management system and there's also like a state machine that Corey has created and, and he can describe that a lot better than I can, but I think the what he's trying to to achieve is that we were creating multiple Multiple skills or voice apps they can they can all kind of leverage the state machine without him having to code all this stuff, you know, separately for every single skill and that way it speeds up the deployment for for other skills that that we're going to use because they can, they can leverage some of the existing common infrastructure.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great use case of a state machine. um, Now that I come to think of it. So, um, and we'll link to that uh, blog posting in the show notes, if anyone wants to follow up with the specifics. Um, One, uh, one last uh, question. So storytelling is, is how information has been passed down through history Um, and we're at this crossroads, right? With, We've got printed, you know, we've had printed materials for hundreds of years. Uh, we've had, um, you know, uh, we now can read information, you know, across the world in in a minute, right? With these voice technologies, um, it seems that games and reference storytelling bot type operations of do this for me or, or you know, send this. In your perspective, outside of just the storytelling, are, is there other any other uh, area or application that that you would be interested in or you see these platforms going toward?
2: Oh gosh. I mean, yeah, there's, there's tons of things that, that these voice assistants can help us with in in daily life. I mean, I, I think kind of the therapeutic aspect is really interesting. There's a skill. um, I just tried out the other day, I think it's called um, Bravo Tango uh, that was developed but I think the Zap Media created it with um, some folks from the military. I don't remember which branch, and it's supposed to help soldiers that return from the battlefield that are maybe having anxiety or whatever. And so you can actually interact with um, with. In this case, I think it's on the Google Assistant platform, and and it, it'll walk them through some, you know, some calming breathing exercises and things like that. And I I tried it out and I thought it was really effective. So I think that's um, a really cool application of kind of a conversational technology uh, and you could kind of combine that with probably some storytelling as well. So I just, I think there's a a lot of different places where where this could go and and I'm uh, just really intrigued about trying to work with authors and and other kind of creative people to come up with some, some interaction models that, that really resonate.
0: Amy, you're off to such a great start with Tellables. Uh, We will certainly link uh, the Amazon developer blog, which is great um, in the show notes so people can, can read that about Tellables. Um, But we're coming up on the end of the year Uh, we got the Alexa conference, you know, the first part of next year. But uh, in my question for you is in one, And this is my last question, our last question. In one year's time, so as you're preparing for the holidays uh, this time next year, where do you want Tellables to be at that point in time?
2: One year from now? um, Well, I I would really like it if we had one or two additional skills and uh, actions, voice apps in general, that – were really resonating with a large audience that people enjoyed and they were returning to and they were engaging in kind of a fun story experience directly with the with voice assistant. So if we could find some more interaction models that people like and they come back and they listen to the stories again and again and they, you know, they tell our friends and we're successful with that, then uh, I, I'd be very happy.
0: Awesome. So for people who have listened to this show, um, who are intrigued about Tellables, who want to reach out to you, what is the best way for them to do that?
2: The best way is to uh, shoot me an email at amy at tellables.com. And you can also check out uh, our website at tellables.com. I try to write a blog post uh, once a month or so to talk about the latest things we're doing so they can stay informed that way.
0: Amy, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your insight and expertise with us.
2: Oh, you're welcome. Thanks a lot. I appreciate the the conversation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thrilled to have you. Kevin, thank you as well. Uh, appreciate uh, you you joining me once again. Thanks, Bradley. Yeah, always a pleasure. For the Alexa podcast, thank you for listening and until next time.